Tengo muchas ganas de, de empezar a entrenar, de empezar a competir. Vengo con la gana que, que tuve siempre de, de competir, de querer, de querer ganar, de querer ayudar al club a, a que siga creciendo. officially an Inter-Miami player, and as a result, Messi Mania is in full effect. Hello and hola to everyone y todos. Welcome back to Miami Total Football Radio, a bilingual Inter-Miami-focused podcast that has been listened to in 50 countries and counting. It is here where the beautiful game collides with unmatched passion and professional coverage as we provide you with all the latest team news, analysis, opinions, inside information, general punditry, and much more via a team of seasoned South Florida-based reporters. My name is Franco Panizo. I am the host of this show. And joining me on this week's edition are all three of the other co-hosts. Yes, all four of us are in the house at once for the first time ever, which should make for fun, interesting, possibly argumentative, but interesting dynamic. And that means that Jose Armando, Andrea Yanes, and Simon Evans, they're all in the house this week to discuss Messi mania. We'll skip the pleasantries because we have a lot to talk about and we don't want to make the pod overly long. So we'll skip that for now. But we are going to be talking about, of course, Leo Messi's presentation and the perfect storm, if you want to call it that, um, that hit during the presentation and made for some improvisation from event organizers. We will talk about his participation in Tuesday morning's training session, uh, Luis Suarez and the latest rumors there, the other signings that might be happening in the coming days and weeks, as well as, of course, recapping this past weekend's game against St. Louis City and previewing what is anticipated to be Messi's debut against Cruz Azul on Friday night. We also have to talk about how many minutes, if any minutes, Leo Messi will play in that game because a lot of you listeners, a lot of Inter Miami fans have bought pretty expensive tickets in the anticipation and the hope that Messi will play in that game. But realistically, is he set for a lengthy cameo? We'll discuss all that, of course, as well as do the Q&A session and the final thoughts at the very end. So, I have a lot to talk about. You are listening to Miami Total Football Radio. Let's get to it. All right, guys. So, Inter Miami at long last, finally, officially announced Leo Messi as an Inter Miami player last Saturday. A day later on Sunday was his formal presentation, La Presentación, a.k.a. The Unveil, as it's known or was known in English. And, well, Mother Nature had other plans for it because initially there was supposed to be a concert and then the presentation, but it had to be improvised because of a really violent and heavy storm that hit Dry Think Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, just as things were getting ready to get underway. Um, so the presentation happened first and the concert happened afterwards, kind of like an afterthought, especially since Andrea, as you and I were very much displeased to learn, Osuna, the headlining artist, did not perform. But we can talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, we'll go to Jose first. Jose, what did you make of the presentation overall? It was pretty quick. There was, you know, some uh, stirring messages from the ownership group. Uh, Messi came out and said a few words himself. Uh, expressions of gratitude. But 
overall, what did you make of the event and of the day? We started very, very early at DriveFing Stadium. Yeah, it was a long day. It was a long day. But, you know, I think I think overall it, it didn't meet the expectations, but not because there was no planning or there was not an intent to put out a, a really good show, but because of the rain. I mean, the rain really changed everything. You know, it was like, you know, getting Messi and Busquets before the musical acts. It, it was, it, it, it never did seem like, you know, uh, things were done properly. But again, it's it's not about the about about how they organized the event, but about the rain. It was just, let me tell you, I was down in, in the first floor, ground floor when the, when the rain came down and it was, it was madness. I mean, it was, it was terrible. I mean, it, it, it was a hurricane passing by a dry pink stadium. So um, I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay, but I, I, I can't say that it, it, that it, it met my expectations. Hurricane Leo, as some people joked, and there's actually a video that made the rounds in the last, I don't know, 12 to 24 hours of, I don't know if it was a stadium employee or if it was just a fan, but they're trying to run in their poncho over to, you know, one of the tunnels that leads to the stairways to the stands. And as they're making their way there, I don't, I don't think it's a refrigerator, but it's one of those like rolling food cabinets. It's pretty tall and made out of metal. Just comes and smacks the guy uh, from the side and the guy goes flying. It, it literally looked like a scene out of a movie, but it is legit. Um, and it's out there making the rounds on Twitter. So uh, check that out if you haven't already. Simon... You were there in attendance as well. Uh, you know, it was really, really hot during the first few hours, not even throughout most of the day. And then at six o'clock, this gray storm lands over uh, or moves over Drive Pink Stadium, and there was pandemonium. You know, there was one. There's images of one gate um, that either was left unmanned or that the security just said, all right, to heck with this because we can't just leave these people out there. The gates were open and people started jumping the barricade uh, in the middle of the storm. You know, there's been questions for a long time about whether Drive Pink Stadium can hold the demand that Messi brings with him. What do you think? Does this give us a little glimpse as to maybe it can't? Or do you think that's still to be determined? Yeah, I think I think it would be a bit harsh to judge on the basis of like what was extreme weather like that. I mean, I arrived a lot later than you guys. I arrived uh, just as the storm started. I was on commercial uh, when 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 you know my car was. We were just stuck in this thing, and I was trying to find the the right parking spot, and um, was struggling to find the one we were being designated <laughs> um, going around. And then I realized that the signs had been blown away. And and there was no nobody checking anyway, so I just drove in and, and parked up. Um, and I'm sure I was in the right place and everything, but that just shows you, yeah, people abandoned posts. But I don't blame anyone for doing that. It, it was horrendous, absolutely horrendous storm. Um, I think overall, you know, and I tweeted about this. I think overall, you know, seeing some friends who work at the club and who were involved in in, in some of the production and just seeing how stressed they were and obviously had been for days, if not weeks beforehand, um, they managed to pull it off. It managed to happen. They, that could have been a total embarrassment. I think they made a little bit of a rod for their own back with the halftime element on Fox, which meant that they had to rush that presentation of Messi and they couldn't have the music before 
because the clock was ticking towards half-time in that Mexico-Panama Gold Cup final, where it had all been arranged that they were going to half-time, they are going to connect to the stadium and, and, and Messi unveiling, so they had to do that. Um, but I think, you know, overall, you know, the, the stadium was still almost to capacity. Uh, Messi came out, people saw him. It was a day they'll remember. It wasn't perfect. Like Jose said, it, it was almost impossible to meet the expectations people had of like this glorious celebration and all the music and the build-up to this sort of crescendo, which would be Messi coming onto the field instead of him sort of wandering around and trying not to fall over like David Beckham nearly did on the podium. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think no, I think I, I would say you know it's very easy for 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 journalists for us to to, to you know poke fun at clubs and and that as we do you know. But I I think uh, they deserve a lot of credit for the fact that it happened at all. Well, I, I definitely think they deserve credit. But listen, Andrea Jose, we've been to games since 2020, and there have been or there has been no shortage of rain delays, weather delays. To be fair, this is probably the ugliest storm that I've seen uh, at an Inter-Miami game because the rain was going every which way. Uh, the lightning felt like it was super close to Drive-Pink Stadium and you know, it was non-stop. It was like one lightning after another after another. It wasn't like there was much pause in between them until the, the storm subsided. But I've never seen that, what we saw. And the reason why we've never really seen that and the images that have come out is because the stadium's never been really at capacity during one of these storms. And these storms are common-ish, right? Maybe not to, to this level because, again, Drafting Stadium was pummeled um, with the rain and with the lightning uh, nearby. But it's never been this intense. And you've never seen it like we saw with the fans jumping over the, the new security ticket scanners that are now uh, at the gates. And, um, you know... It, I don't think it's coincidental that it happened that we see these images at this event. This event was, like you said, Simon, very close to being t at capacity. And yes, there's going to be games where there's no storm, and you don't have to worry about that. But I do think it is a sign that there might be issues here um, when it is at capacity, when there is this high demand, because there's just and not enough. There's just not enough security. There's just not enough, um, you know, points of entrance. There's just not enough for the venue to hold as many people as it can fit in a situation like this where yes obviously it's you know it's not going to be stormy every single game but it's going to happen we live in south florida so uh, i think it does shine a little bit of a light on that and, and Andre, i know you're about to to add your two cents but we did talk about this you know all all four of us at different moments in the last few weeks this messy mania this messy uh impact and effect it's going to shine a light on everything like not just you know the the team and their uh, their strengths and their weaknesses, not just how reporters and media cover the team and our strengths and our weaknesses. It's also going to impact how the team is perceived from from a stadium um, situation, from a marketing situation. I mean, jersey sales situation. Everything's going to be under the microscope here. I think this this moment was a perfect storm, for lack of a better uh, term showing that Drafting Stadium may not be able to be the ideal the ideal venue for this. Andrea. Well, uh, to add what you guys said, I was downstairs in the photo workroom, and uh, when the rain started, it was a mess. Well, you talked about that, and 
what we what media went through in this in this presentation was literally insane but when the rain uh, calmed down and messi arrived it was a pandemonium I, i'm going to share something i was downstairs when messi arrived and people stormed that area where the buses normally park for mls games for the visiting team to get into the locker room That was the entrance for Messi and every celebrity that was getting in there. But people, photographers were waiting for Messi and for every other celebrity that was coming. And But people usually are just blocked by barricades there. But when people heard that Messi was coming, they stampede and got in, threw the barricades away, and got in and threw every photographer, every person that was there doing their job, and security couldn't control them. I was aplastada i don't know how to say that in english smashed i, I don't know how to say that smushed 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 with other like five or six photographers that were that were there other photographers that were on the other side uh, got messy getting in but they were also getting smushed by fans and then security tried to control the situation but then photographers were pulled uh, people were trying to pull everything away from photographers it was a whole mess It was a whole mess, and I had never seen that happen. Of course, if people go expect to expect there because they know bosses park there. People go and 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 try to 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 get there and wait for them. But people, when they saw Messi coming, people didn't care who was in front, what was in front, uh, if they damaged your equipment, if they threw you to the ground, they didn't care. They stampede. I saw them stampede over two guards that were guarding on that door and through the barricades. Then, then after that happened and they got all the people out of there, they closed that door to impede people from coming in again. But that was really eye-opening for me because in that stadium, that those sort of stuff can happen in just a moment because there is no way to control the flow of people because it's an open stadium. So it, it, it was really scary to tell you the truth. I mean, if we take it away from that moment and we talk about, you know, just the media entrance, right? There was five, there were 500 credential media members for this, approximately. Jose, Andrea, and I stood in line from what? Three o'clock? We, and we were towards the front of the line, probably in, you know, the first third, maybe. Um, we were there early. The doors didn't open till four o'clock for media. And that line snaked around Drive Pink Stadium. And that, that thing was long. And, It was chaos just to even get into the venue because it's just the entrance there on the, what is that, the southwest corner. I mean, it's just too small to hold that high of a demand. I do think, uh, again, that this this event showcased the shortcomings that Drive Pink Stadium has. Again, it's not the permanent home for Inter Miami. It's the temporary venue um, until that Miami stadium is built. But I think we're going to see issues along the way. And look, to be fair to Inter-Miami, they will uh, make corrections and adjustments based off of this this event. They will. This was the first day uh, having to hold an event with Messi involved. As for the event, as for Messi, what, were your fa what was your favorite or what were your favorite moments of the event? I'll share one. Leo Messi getting magged by his son as he's walking around the field. If you haven't seen the image, look it up on Twitter. Um, I think T I think it was Tiago. Is it Tiago who uh, the one son that megged him uh, times the ball perfectly and, and Messi 
like he's waving to the crowd, not even realizing that the ball's coming his way. And then when he feels it hit his leg and go through his legs, he kind of looks back at it and then looks at his son and his son's all celebrating and happy as can be that he megged his father in front of thousands and thousands of people at his Inter-Miami presentation. Jose, what was one of your favorite or your favorite moment uh, from this day? I think my favorite moment, you know, was um, just before everything started, you know, there, there were two sets in, in like on the field for obviously the the Apple broadcast, the Spanish and English feed. And, um, you know, I, I was walking down, you know, saying hi to some of the colleagues in the Press Tribune. And, and so I decided to go, you know, right through the, you know, one of one of the one of the. Um, one of the gates for the fans just to get a sense of, you know, energy and stuff. You know how it is when you're, when you're there, you, you, you really need to walk around the field to, to really sense what the energy is. And, um, so as I was going down, um, David Beckham and, and the mass brothers were coming out. And, um, so everybody started like just recognizing, you know, what, what they have done for, for the team. And um, I just happened to be at the right place, right time. And they started clapping and, and they did acknowledge, you know, the fact that they are making an effort here to to bring the best player in the world. And and I really enjoy the moment. I really enjoy the moment because I, I think it's always important to have a fan base that really appreciates what, what's going on. And um, I think that's the case, especially for obviously La Familia, you know, Southern Legion, by city and um the Miss the the Messias is it is that the new one? I don't know if they were there. I don't know where they were, but you know the matter is that you know I, I really enjoyed that moment. I really enjoyed the moment that connection between you know David, Jorge, Jose, and and and, and the crowd. That that was awesome. Yeah, it's funny when you know something we can't overlook or not mention is when uh, Jorge Mas says. This is holy water. It's agua bendita. That was hilarious when he was talking about the rain. Fans went wild for that. <laughs> My brother commented to me after the fact. He said, uh, what did he say? He said, oh, we were all baptized by Jorge Mas, which I thought was uh, was pretty funny. One of, one of, probably the best line of the night there from uh, from Jorge Mas. Uh, Andrea, anything, any favorite moment for you? Well, for me, um, being out there, I just thought, that I really liked that when the event all started and they began talking, the host began talking, and people were just like, we want Messi. <laughs> we want Messi. Messi. And they didn't, exactly. <laughs> and they didn't stop. They didn't let them talk, and they were doing, I understand this is, uh, we are in America, in the United States of America, and this is, everything is sponsored, so they had to mention everyone. But um, I was like, this is what true passion really means because people don't care that Royal Caribbean or that Apple or that Adidas are bringing Messi. Right. They really wanted to see Messi. So in that moment, I really felt the love that people in, that were in that stadium had for Messi. So it was really awesome to see. Yeah, we got there early. The three of us got there early. Uh, Simon got there a little bit later, but you know, three of us spent some time in your car cooling off from the scorching sun, especially in the morning. And there were people pulling up to Drive Pink Stadium that didn't even have tickets. They didn't even know how to get tickets. Uh, Jose and I, at least, um, to more than one person, told them, you know, you can get them on StubHub, etc. So, um, yeah, there was there was a lot of people looking to, to catch a glimpse of, of the, arguably the greatest player of all time. And many of them did. Many of them 
may not have gotten jerseys, although some did. Uh, some Leo Messi jerseys were for sale at the venue. And the authentic version of La Noche, which is the black one with the pink uh, touches, that one was going for $1.99.99. So it came out, I think, after taxes to $213 more or less. I got one for the visual podcast that we will be doing very, very soon. But is that a fair price? Really quickly, really quickly. I know there are some people saying, what? That's ridiculous. That's absurd. But is that a fair price? Very quickly, we'll start with Simon. Um, it's it's a crazy price, isn't it? But I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, other clubs have got really high stuff as well. I know Manchester United's. It's not that much, but it it raised some eyebrows in England. But I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, people are going to think twice about it at that price. By the way, can I just sneak in a little a little comment on the actual presentation itself? One. Thing. And I did like what Andrea was saying there about that. That was a crowd being a football crowd when they did that, mm. you know. And it reminded me a little bit of, of the the Miami Heat crowd when uh, Conor McGregor started promoting his product during the uh, the NBA Finals on court before he attacked the uh, Heat the mascot. mascot, Bernie, Bernie, poor Bernie. But actually, what, what what would have been reported from that story about Conor McGregor was that the crowd just started booing when he started promoting his products they didn't want that there at all and that was a sports crowd reacting and it was the same with that miami crowd the thing i didn't like and i really was puzzled by it was the video messages uh coming in which are all great you know celebrities don't get me started on that time but seriously we're (laughs) we're in south florida and tom brady and steph curry you choose to like welcome messi to south florida where was pitbull where was rick ross where Where was Where was Jimmy Butler? Jimmy right? Butler, yeah. Where was Tua? You know what? Why Tua. are we having a New England Patriots quarterback who's destroyed the Miami Dolphins for over <laughs> a decade? Be the guy who welcomes Messi to Miami. I mean, or uh... Greg Berhalter. Why? Oh my what goodness! Oh my goodness! Greg Berhalter welcome Messi to Miami. Like seriously, there was I an was audible reaction. So hard because two people got booed from that video. Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, Tom Brady got some booze. But uh, then Greg Belharter was booed, and then uh, Francis Suarez, who is the major for the city of Miami, was the loudest boo I've ever heard in a, in Drive Pick Stadium. No way, and, no way. He got more boos than Gonzalo Higuain when he was like in his heel stage. I can't, I can't no, imagine. No, no, way. no, no. They booed Francis Suarez very badly, very badly. But it made me laugh because I, I thought like, who really thought? That Greg Bellharter had to say <laughs> to Messi. Messi doesn't even know who Greg Bellharter is, I can assure you that. But, oh, he's well, America's number 10 now. <laughs> you know, Jorge Mas called him America's number 10, but, so Bellharter better yeah. get to know this guy. Yeah, yeah well, that's true. Imagine Greg Bellharter telling him, oh, you, you see now MLS is better. <laughs> right, but it, it, was, it was, it was, and, and the thing is that that, that video was shared later on social media, but uh, during the broadcast, people couldn't see what was happening. So that yeah. video was something like, yeah, I agree with Simon. It was something like, what? So so we were all there, obviously, so we didn't see the broadcast, but that was a common complaint that popped up and that you know people we spoke to had was that the audio was terrible during this event. Now, again, there was a massive snow, uh, snowstorm, massive uh, rainstorm before... Uh, which probably impacted things and didn't allow for uh, clean production or as as clean production as they could have had. 
But obviously, again, something that the, that Apple will have to take into account, and we'll have to work with Inter Miami to improve. I also heard that like the subtitles, um, you know, trying to translate Messi's message to the crowd, also kind of drowned out what he was saying in Spanish, and it just didn't flow. It didn't really click. Um, so obviously, yes, uh, an improvised event, but an exciting one nonetheless. That video, by the way, speaking about Greg Berhalter, I mean. How have not more jokes, how have jokes or more jokes not been made about the fact that he's standing in front of a store uh, and in the back of the store it says butcher shop? Like, how have more jokes not been made about that? That is mind boggling to me. Um, yeah, it definitely felt a little out of place. Um, you know, I agree there could have been a little bit more Miami flavor in there, um, a little more Miami Sasson, but this event definitely, you know, leaned into the star studiedness. You know, Anuel was on hand, Osuna, uh, was around even though we didn't see him perform. I know Andrea, you know, we were heartbroken about that since we're big, uh, big Osuna fans. Yeah, man, I uh, wanted to see Osuna. <laughs> Kun Aguero was there. Mark Anthony was there. Um, you know, there, there were there were no shortage of celebrities. Um, I thought there would be more celebrities, to be honest with you. Um, but I guess putting this event together on fairly short notice, hard to get everyone's schedule lined up, especially when you're. Rich and famous, you've got so many different things to tend to uh, and that are pulling at you. Uh, switching gears to later on in the week, you know, you got the the formality out of the way, the presentation, uh, the pep rally, as uh, we called it last week. Monday's press conference, that was supposed to be a special press conference, uh, was canceled. And it was canceled on Sunday, just before, an hour or so before media could enter the stadium for la presentacion for the unveil so there was no press conference today's tuesday and remind me plays on friday they do have a press conference scheduled for thursday which is the match day minus one press conference like the the game preview press conference to put it in layman's terms but it does not sound like we're going to get a little messy introductory press conference which you, I mean, I know there was, you know, a whole bunch of initial thoughts about that. Is that a messy call? Um, you know, why was the press conference canceled? We, I don't think any of us, unless uh, you guys have gathered more information since, but I don't think any of us have the concrete reason why it was canceled. Simon, did you hear anything new about that? Or are we just sticking with the idea that Messi just didn't want to do the press conference and he's calling the shots? Because that's been a common uh, whisper, a common comment these last few days that Messi's going to call the shots and, and do what he wants well if you think about it right um who would not want to have a press conference um why would inter miami not want a press conference with their star signing of course they would every club does that um and they would have wanted it i am absolutely sure of that yeah and i'm sure all the sponsors and everybody else would have wanted it so the only possible reason why it didn't happen is because messi or his people decided that it was all getting a bit much, you know, we just had a presentation, we've had all this big fuss, we've had lots of media around and all this kind of stuff. Um, I've been shopping in Publix and, and all the rest of it. And <laughs> like, just, just, let's just calm down a little bit now, you know, and, and, you know, he doesn't like talking much. He's, he's quite a shy guy, isn't he? You know, and I think people are going to have to accept that actually. He's, he's a little bit introverted. He's not, you know, Beckham today, not jumping ahead too much, but Beckham today was talking about when he came to uh, to MLS in 2007 to the LA Galaxy. And at that time, 
Beckham was on Jimmy Kimmel's show or whatever it was at that time, you know, Jay Leno, whoever it was doing the talk <laughs> shows at those times. He was everywhere. He was out everywhere. He was Hollywood. He was doing interviews and, and all that kind of stuff. That's not going to happen with Messi. It's not going to happen. He'll do, he'll do things where it makes commercial sense and where he, he can control, really control the little appearances with a scripted comment or something. I don't think he likes it. And you know what? You know, maybe we just have to accept that reluctantly. I mean, I, I do think that he's not going to embrace the spotlight the way David Beckham embraced it when he was with the LA Galaxy. And like you said, by all accounts, Messi's kind of a you know more unassuming, quieter, shyer guy who doesn't really uh, like doing interviews. By all accounts, you know that's that's what the people keep saying in and around the club and keep hearing that. So clearly, if he's not doing one this week, I guess there's a chance he could be the match day minus one uh, player that Inter Miami brings alongside Tata Martino. I mean, I. I guess uh, that that's a possibility, but I don't think that he'll be there, you know, because if he is, all the questions are going to be about his arrival here, or the majority of the questions will be about his arrival here as opposed to the actual game. Um, so I, I can't imagine that he'll be in that press conference, but maybe. No chance. Maybe. No chance. <laughs> uh, I don't think he'll be at that I, press conference. I, I agree. I don't think we'll hear from him. I'm just saying, you know, I guess there's a chance he could be there, but I, I doubt, again, I'm with you guys. I doubt he's there. Jose, you've been quiet. For a little while, my friend, uh, let's switch gears with you to Tuesday morning, which is when Inter Miami had their first open to media training session with Leo Messi taking part. And I have to add this part as well because we definitely completely missed it there in terms of the presentation. Sergio Busquets was also part of that presentation. He was also unveiled as a new Inter Miami player. He was actually announced. His official signing was announced an hour before or two hours before the the presentation kicked off. So around like, I don't know, five, six o'clock uh, that evening on Sunday. Jose, give us a little bit of a breakdown. Paint the picture. What was Tuesday like, like for the media members in attendance that could watch Leo Messi's first open to media practice session with the team. Well, first off, I'm, I'm, I'm gladly to report that it was not as hot as previous days. <laughs> so it was manageable or maybe we're just getting used to it, but you know, it, it was, it was crowded. It was crowded. I think, you know, we can all agree that, you know, things are changing and um, I don't know if you guys have a number of the amount of media that was there. 200. Um, 200, yeah, because it, it did seem like at least over 150. But, you know, it, it was crowded. We, we, we got to watch him, you know, run around a little bit. And um, I think one of the, one of the most uh, um, talk, um, one, of, one of the top <laughs> topics up to 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 Messi was you know the the conversation he had with Joseph you know that was that was that, that was important I think you know especially if you think about what you know what those two guys can do on the field you know if if they can have that connection I'm sure you know Messi respects Joseph from you know World Cup qualifiers and knowing him maybe a little bit more than Campana um, ideally I guess you know if you think maybe into next year and in 2025 you would say it'll be better if if that conversation happened with campana but i think chemistry can you know build with time so it, it was interesting to see him talk with with joseph a little bit with busquets as well of course and other than that you know he was just you know very attentive to to whatever he needed to do 
we didn't see much, right? I mean, right. we saw a couple of drills. First 15 and... minutes were open to media. After that, we yeah. were uh, told we had to leave the premises, which is normal, which is normal. You know, 15 minutes is normally what we get either at the beginning or at the end. Um, pretty, pretty standard there. Um, but yes, Jose, you're right. We did not see a whole lot. I mean, if you if you really want to analyze Messi and um, dissect, you know, his participation in those first 15 minutes, which, you know, there is definitely a thirst for that and a hunger for that type of news. I mean, from what I saw, you know, he was very, very focused and concentrated uh, when he did the rondos with his group. Um, and then afterwards, you saw him smiling a bit more when that exercise ended and they were walking, you know, into the next place on the field for the next exercise. So I'm smiling a bit more, a uh, little more, little more jovial. That's when he spoke to Joseph Martinez a good bit. Um, and then he did a, a passing drill, that, which ended with shooting into an empty, very small goal, um, which Messi did very casually. It has to be noted that, of course, the coaching staff was saying with each round in that exercise, they had to up the intensity. So the parts that we saw, they were just you know, easing their way into it. After that, not sure what happened. I haven't gathered information yet. I don't know how the rest of the training went, but I am working on it. Maybe I'll have an answer for you by the end of the pod, but uh, we'll see. Simon, this is the part where I think the three of us, I don't know if we'll debate, maybe, but I think this is where we'll get a little more fired up because now we're talking a little bit more from a soccer, football, football standpoint. Messi's obviously gearing up for his anticipated debut on Friday versus Cruz Azul, which is a game that a lot of people are looking forward to. And a lot of people have bought tickets at, you could say extravagant prices, to see Messi play for the first time in an Inter-Miami jersey. Now, how many minutes can we expect him realistically to play in that game. And I think we all have different answers, but I think all four of us are of similar thoughts. And yes, this might be hard to hear for some of you listeners, but can't really envision him playing a whole lot in this game. Over these next two games, actually, this these League Cup games. I, I can't see it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're all wrong here, but I just can't see it. He just arrived last week from his vacation, his holiday, as they say in other parts of the world. He's taken part in a few training sessions, even though today was the first one we could see. I mean, he clearly isn't fully fit. And, you know, Tata Martino uh, alluded to having patience with him after the St. Louis City uh, game from this past weekend. David Beckham and Jorge Mas also alluded to, to him playing some part, but not necessarily, you know... I mean, they, I'm not going to put words in the mouth, but they, David Beckham said he'll play some part, which sounds like... It's not going to be a starting role. But anyway, Simon, your thoughts on Leo Messi and his participation this coming Friday. Do we see a lengthy cameo, a small cameo? What type of role will he play? Or will he not play at all, in your opinion, of course? No, I think you, I think you'll have to come on the field at some stage. Um, you can't. I mean, they, this, this fixture was briefed probably a month ago that it was going to be his debut. You know, it's been out there for so long that you know, and he's expected to make his first appearance against Cruz Azul on July 21st. That's been that's been in like almost every article anyone's ever written about Messi in the last month. Um, so, I, you know, I think there's a degree of obligation for him to take the field. Um, but if he's not ready, um, 
is he ready for a 15, 20 minute substitute appearance? I think so, you know, but again, it depends how the game goes as well. Um, so it's it's a tricky one. I think it would be, I think there'd be a lot of upset people if he didn't make any appearance at all. Some people would be upset if he just comes on as a sub. And you're going to have a situation oh, where yeah. as the as the game goes on, you create that awkward dynamic in the crowd, don't you, where, you know, the messy, messy chance that we heard mm-hmm. when they started talking about cruise lines and Pollo Tropical or whatever <laughs> it was. That they, 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 we, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get that after 25 minutes if Miami were a goal down, you know. So that's gonna be a bit awkward. But you know, I've been around these kind of press conferences and briefings and stuff long enough to know that when somebody says they will play some part, it means they're not starting. Right. So just, right. That's that's. And, and, but that's us doing the journalistic side. And the co-owner of the club has said that. That's us doing it from the journalistic side of trying to, you know, read between the lines. I agree with you, though. I agree with you that when we say some part, it's because that player's not starting. Right? And it would make sense for him not to start given where he is. You, I mean, players need a preseason, right? You, you need a preseason to get your legs under you, to get fit, especially in July in this hot and humid South Florida weather. So uh, I, I'm with you 100%. And... and I have an exercise for, for us to do here, um, but I guess I guess we can do it now. I guess we can do it now. How many minutes do you think he plays in total in these two League Cup games? One on Friday against Cruz Azul, and then the next one again at home at Drive Pink Stadium against Atlanta United. How many game? Uh, how many minutes? Excuse me. In total, roughly, do you envision him playing combined? I will go to Jose. Okay, so I thought about this, you know, we talked about it early in the morning, and I said um, 15 minutes each game. But I, you know, after listening to, um, not I was about to say Tata, but no, after listening to, to Jorge and, and David, I think, you know, he might go for 10 minutes against, um, Cruz Azul, if the game is not decided, if the game is decided and Inter-Miami is down by three or four goals, I'm guessing he's not playing on, on Friday. And uh, against uh, on Tuesday, I would say if he doesn't play on Tuesday, he'll go for 20 minutes. And you know what? Regardless, he'll go for 20 minutes uh, on Tuesday, on the 25th. Against so, the plan. so your answer is 30 minutes. 30 minutes, around 30 minutes, 10 if in the first game and 20 in the second. Best case scenario, of course, because I guess we all want to see him play. I don't envision any scenario where he doesn't play on Friday unless he tweaks something in Worm. So that's the only way I don't see him playing on Friday. Because Again, like Simon just mentioned, this game has been touted as, as his debut. Apple TV is touting it as his debut. I mean, there's so much hype and anticipation around it. I mean, there's not 200 media members at training this week. Because they don't expect him to play. I mean, the whole thought from media, from fans, is that he's going to play. And people paid a pretty penny, again, with the expectation that he'll play. I fully expect some people to walk away disappointed in the amount of minutes they see him in. But it won't be as severe or as intense a disappointment if he doesn't play at all. Because if you paid, I don't know, a few hundred bucks for one ticket... To see Messi play and he doesn't even step on the field, you're going to feel cheated. You're going to feel like you didn't get your money's worth. You It was false advertisement. 
And again, it's sports, you know. Just because you buy a ticket to a sporting event doesn't mean that X player is guaranteed to play. But when it's touted as that player's debut, unless it's his injury, I think he absolutely has to play. It doesn't matter if it's 4-0, doesn't matter if it's 2-1, or if it's 0-0. I think he plays some capacity. I will say I agree with you. 30 minutes tops. I see 10 to 15 minutes here, and then 10 to 15 minutes on, on Tuesday. I just don't think you can really expect to get more out of him uh, without a full, like, proper, uh, I won't say preseason, because we're in midseason in terms of MLS, but without uh, a proper uh, training program to get himself into decent game shape. Uh, you can't just... say 30 exactly the same. You've got to go one way or the other if we're having a competition. Well... You've got to go 28, 28 or 32. <laughs> or... Well, no, well, Jose said 30, and then he, if you do his math, he got up to 35. So he said, you know, what did you say, Jose? 15 minutes and then 20 minutes? So that's technically 35 from Jose. I'm saying 30. I'm saying 30. 15 and 15. Simon, you're up. Um, I will say he will play 18 minutes <laughs> against uh, Cruz Azul. And he will start against Atlanta on Tuesday and come off after an hour. So I'm going to say wow. 78 minutes total. Are you doing this for shock factor or do you actually believe No, 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 no. I think, I think this whole thing is completely mad, isn't it, right? And everyone's talking about stability and patience and so on. Wait until after Friday and see how much people are interested in patience, right? He'll, he'll start on Tuesday, I reckon. No, I can't, I can't imagine that that's the case, man. I can't imagine he goes from playing, what did you say, 15, 20 minutes to playing 16 minutes? 18 minutes. 18 minutes he plays against Cruz. <laughs> no way, man. Mark my words. <laughs> and then on Tuesday he starts, but he can't last 90. So he comes off after an hour, having scored twice. That's a massive leap. Simon, that's a massive leap, though, Simon. Like from 18 to an hour. I mean, players progressively, you know, when you cover preseason, like, you know, for example, this preseason, you know, we, we talked to Phil Neville who was then head coach of Inter Miami, about different players, and he'd be like, all right, you know, this player's going to play 30 in this one, then in the next one, 45. Like, they, they incrementally work their way up. I can't imagine he goes from 20 to 60. That's That would be really tough to envision. But if it proves to be the case, we'll give you your flowers <laughs> on okay. next week's pod. Uh, Andrea, how many minutes? You can't say 35, you can't say 30, and you can't say... Whatever, 78. <laughs> whatever Simon just said. I guess he's playing 20 minutes, 10 on each match. And uh, what I am sure is that he's not starting against Cruz Azul. That would be dumb, risky to start him against a team that is not having their best moment, but is a better team than Inter Miami. And um, uh, him being not ready physically with this heat and all the factors, a new team, doesn't know his teammates, whatever. Uh, it's not intelligent. So I don't expect him to start. Uh, and I expect him to come for 10 minutes just to make people who paid all those crazy amounts of money um, get to see him, get to see him within full Inter Miami uniform because we haven't seen him like that. We haven't seen him. We saw him with that kid, the training kid today, but we haven't seen him with with the full uh, Inter Miami gear um, kicking a ball. So I guess that is what we are going to, to get 10 minutes of him. And I would put a doubt to the, those 10 minutes if they are already down to Cruz Azul. It's like, if you are down already by the 16th minute, by 3-0, 4-0, let, let's, let's say that they lost their last match for, by 3-0. Let's say they are down. 
at the 70, 70th minute by 3-0, why would you bring Messi in? Why? Because you have to. Because the crowd is dimming. I have. I'm with. Listen, what Simon said earlier is. I think it's spot on. I think if he doesn't start, which we're all expecting here, I think as the game goes on, regardless of the score, you're gonna hear Messi, Messi. I think you're gonna hear that chant from the people. Yeah, but like, you heard like here, even in South Florida, the Miami Heat in during the 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 finals, they they were winning and everyone was yelling, "You done this, you done this, Haslam, Haslam." That's and not the same comparison. That's not the same comparison at yeah, all. Yeah, but what I'm telling you is that fans don't factor in the coach's decision because what if Messi comes in and gets injured? I mean, that's that's he, you know that's actually that's of course part of the equation that they have to take a, into a consideration. Exactly. Absolutely. But he's going so to play. So why this would game. you risk him for? Because there's outside pressures. There's a lot of outside yeah. pressures, and I, think, I understand that. And I yeah, think I, I think he absolutely plays regardless of the score. I know you. I know we we've debated about this in person, um, and you, you you're you're of the thought that if it's a lopsided result in Cruz Azul's favor, that Messi won't step on the field. Even that, I still see him playing. Even that, I still I, think he plays. Can I add one thing? Can I add one thing? You know, I I think it's it, it's I think. It's emotional, the fact that, you know, fans really want to watch him play for Inter-Miami. But I think it's it's just too big a risk if the game is out of reach, you know? If you put him out there when he's not ready, um, it it will be, in in my opinion, of course, it will be worse to have him miss three or four weeks than, you know, not playing 10 minutes against Cruz Azul for an injury and then, you know, you're jeopardizing... Um, not only League's Cup, but, you know, the the Open Cup, which is, you know, the big prize for, for Inter-Miami at this point. So uh, I get it that it's emotional. Everybody wants to see him play. I want to see him play. You know, I, I mean, it's it's good for us in the business to, <laughs> to have him on the field and not off the field. But I, I think it's it, it, that decision at this point, and, and, if, and if we come to the scenario where they are down by three goals, it will be so far away from the game, and and that's the one thing that you know makes me feel like, eh, I don't know. It's a reality. I get it. It's a reality, but still, still, it's it's hard for me to accept it. He, I think he's playing, man. He's playing. And listen, look, Simon. Before before you 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 add something there, listen. I agree. Look, if he played, if he had a heavy, you know, workload, you know, heavy cameo. Then yeah, of course. Then you're really risking it, right? Because he's, you know, he can pull a hamstring. Um, you know, muscle injuries can happen if if you're not, you know, fully fit. But that's why I think he'll play ten minutes. And listen, when Messi plays at this point in his career, it's not like he's doing a lot of defensive work, right? Like you see images of him without the ball, when, right. and he's he's pretty much just standing around, right? Walking around, standing around. Um, so I think 10 minutes, you can get away with 10 minutes. I think you can get away with this brief cameo off the bench uh, where he'll get a couple touches here and there. And that that's, you know, that's that's the most you can get out of him there. Maybe he'll, he'll have a couple sprints forward. But that's about it. That's why I don't think he plays 60 minutes on Tuesday um, at all, Simon. But I, I do think, given what Inter Miami has put all into it, and listen, if it was any other player, they probably don't play. But it's messy, and there's been so much hoopla around this performance or this this match so he's got to play man he's got to play as people as long as people have a picture of him in the pink jersey or in the black jersey on that field if they have the opportunity to take that picture and say they were there for Messi's first game in inter miami colors then you know inter miami's delivered on their part Messi has has made his debut he has to play 
Simon. Yeah, you kind of made my point for me there, which was I was just going to say, you know, if, if the Messi, the modern Messi doesn't do a lot of running, you know. So, I mean, even in the World Cup, to be honest, if that World Cup hadn't have gone well, it would have been a much bigger talking point how little work Messi did. Because he's walking around, especially the first 20 minutes, half an hour of the game, he's like doing his scanning thing where he's watching the <laughs> defence and everything. Right. And when they win, everyone says, this is genius. He's just scoping out the defenders. He's just waiting for his moment to bounce. It's genius. When you lose, they say, Messi's just strolling around. So, you know, that's what happened at Paris Saint-Germain as well. There was a lot of criticism about that. So the modern Messi isn't going out. He's not going to be like putting in massive sprints and some exhausting workload. So he can play an hour against Atlanta on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> all of that, he, all of that was to to defend your stance, huh? Okay, all right. No, no, but even, and also, you know, coming off the coming off the bench, it's the risk when you come off the bench is that you're not warm enough. He'll have plenty of time to warm up um, and get himself limbered up and 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 get like a, a you know 15, 20 minutes in at the end. I can I can totally see that. You know, all right. You know, maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm being optimistic about Tuesday, but I just think you know if that's the way that they need to win that game to extend their League's Cup campaign. And remember, if they don't get out of this group, if they finish bottom of that group, he's not playing again until August 20th unless which, they uh, organise some sort of exhibition or something. Which I don't think is a terrible thing for Messi, to be honest with you. I don't like if they don't, play, if they don't make it out of the group stage and they don't play again until August 20th, I don't think it's the worst thing for Messi. Because then you get, what, three weeks to or more? to really work him yeah, up and get his fit get his fitness up and get him in game shape you know like I, I, chemistry with his new teammates the, who don't know him I, I know a lot of people say uh on social media like oh it's messy you know like what do you mean he you know he, he's always going to be ready from a quality standpoint absolutely but from a physical standpoint no, and also his teammate. Like, how do you expect Robbie Robinson to get a pass from Messi? Like, seriously, you need practice for that. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens on Friday. Let's let's switch gears because we've still got a few more talking points here. We had a roundtable interview with Jorge Mas and David Beckham. It was supposed to be eight minutes long and it went 20 plus, which we are thankful for um, because we got a good bit out of that interview. Um, you know, we could talk on a lot of different things, but let's talk on, you know, probably the biggest talking point, which is Luis Suarez, because there is a new batch of rumors about Suarez and Inter-Miami. Apparently, there have been advancements between him and the South Florida side in terms of uh, wanting to come here. But the dilemma is that he's still a Gremio player. He's still on the cards or on the books of the Brazilian club. The only way he comes to Inter-Miami this summer is if he frees himself of that, that contract or you know, parts ways with the club in some way, shape, or form. Otherwise, he's free to go on his own way in the winter. Once his contract expires, he'll be a free agent. So he could join Inter Miami in 2024, but it sounds like there's a chance it could happen this summer, which I think would be a massive coup. I know Jose and Andrea gave me a little bit of a pushback on that opinion earlier today inside of Inter Miami's press conference room when we talked about it. So, um... So I'll go back to you. What do you make of it? What do you make of what was said today about Luis Suarez? And we'll leave it there because I have a question for Jose afterwards. Um, 
I do wonder, you know, I mean, Jorge Mas is very, very open about his transfer dealings. But the fact that he gave a pretty standard uh, owner's answer about Suarez, well, he's under contract to another club, suggests to me that perhaps, um, and this is guesswork, right? But the fact that he didn't say, you know, we love Suarez, he's a great player, we hope we can make it happen somehow, which would be a kind of Jorge Mas thing to say. Um, he didn't say that. He pointed out the realities of his contract and if he became available, blah, blah, blah. And I know they've got to be careful with tampering rules and stuff, but but I just I just got the feeling that like maybe he shares the feeling of some people that like this would be one too many of the ex Barcelona crew and one that's not really needed massively. Um I, I I think that personally. that was that was that was your read into it. My read into it was that you know he could he could have said lots of things and he he chose to point out the fact that he's still under contract right and he's a Gremio player and if that was to change well that's something that maybe could happen right isn't that what he said Yeah, I mean paraphrasing yes and I, listen the, he was very carefully I asked him the question outright like you know if if Suarez becomes available is it something they would pursue and again he was very carefully worded he got. He got a little more serious there in his response because he has to watch what he says there. And he said, you know, more or less, uh, Suarez is a Gremio player. He has a contract with Gremio. And that's a matter between, you know, Suarez and Gremio. Yeah, but that's a standard right. club owner answer, then, right? Then he followed, everything right. else he said wasn't. Absolutely. Else he said what, wasn't. What, he, what followed that was that, you know, he more or less said, if Suarez becomes available... He's definitely someone that Inter Miami would be interested in. You know, he didn't he didn't reject it outright. He didn't right. you know shoot down the notion. Um, right. And listen, when you know the ties between Suarez and Messi, then you understand that. Look, it's probably very realistic that you see Suarez in Inter Miami colors, whether it's now or six seven months from now. Like I, I absolutely have no doubt in my mind that Suarez will be an Inter Miami player at some point. I think he's going to be part of this whole uh, getting the band back together, the Barcelona. Uh, players back together in South Florida. I think it's absolutely in the cards. Now it's just a matter of, of can he rescind his contract? Can Inter Miami, um, you know, cough up enough to free him from his contract to buy him out of that deal? Um, you know, give Gremio a transfer fee. Apparently, Gremio it's reportedly wants seventy million. Dollars. Right. If Inter Miami could offer five, maybe you know, maybe Inter Miami is okay with giving something, but not seventy million. So I think whether. Suarez comes now or later, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of can Suarez get out of that contract now? If he can, if he finds a way I, to I, do that, then I think he'll be here this summer. And, and the Miami last thing, the last thing I'll careful, add. Like the, I last thing I'll the last thing I'll add. The last thing I'll add. Hold on. Like Simon said, and I told you in the morning. But the last thing, he, the last thing I'll add, Andrea, that that Jorge Mas added there in response to that question was him saying that they are in the position to sign these players, that they've been planning for this summer window to be the window where they make a lot of acquisitions. Now, of course, there's going to be people that are asking questions and are asking questions about how do they get all this under the salary budget in MLS, They, you know, with the DPs, et cetera, et cetera, all, all of that, all of that. I could imagine Suarez comes on a TAM deal for the first half uh, or I guess for the second half of the season, and then next year would be a DP, and then you'd have to probably part ways with Campana or, or find a way to free up a DP spot for Suarez. But 
Jorge Mas was making the point that they were very inactive during the winter transfer window because they were betting on this summer transfer window being very, very busy, which with Messi's arrival, it has been. It has been. All right. Andrea uh, and Jose, you both want to say something? Andrea, go ahead. You first. No, I was uh, saying that Inter Miami needs to be very careful. We had, like Simon said, we got an owner's answer to that question, and it's because he knows that he has to be careful. He said that Messi uh, agreed to come here at the end of May. So if of May they began talking to Luis Suarez, they can get uh, banned, even banned for making transfers because you cannot talk with a player unless it's six months out of their contract. So that is an important thing to watch out with this uh, Suarez situation. I don't think that he's coming right now, but I do think he is one of the players that Messi asked to to for them to bring. He 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 has asked for them to bring their friends, Sergio Busquets, Jordi Alba, and Luis Suarez. That is uh, something that Inter Miami will like to to make happen, just to keep Messi happy, just to he, keep him good. Will that work on the field? Let me tell you, you said that you will replace Campana with Luis Suarez. Like, Luis Suarez is 36 years old. Who will, in their right mind, if Inter Miami do that, they will be insane because Campana has upside. He is young. He Strong. is at the beginning of his career. Luis Suarez is old already. So... I don't I, I don't think that they should risk getting rid of Campana right now just to bring Luis Suarez in this moment when they are last in the table and it will be very unrealistic for them to win MLS. Declaraciones fuertes, ah. Declaraciones fuertes, Andrea. Those are those are strong opinions and strong remarks. Because if I have a must win game tomorrow, me personally, and you I have to decide between having Suarez start or Campana start, even though I, I think Campana has a lot of upside and he's got quality, I'm taking Luis Suarez. I'm taking well, Luis Suarez. Well, you see, Uruguay was eliminated in the first round of the World Cup. It's not just down to Suarez. one player that so, you get eliminated from so, the World Cup. That is like, that's, that's, that's not even an argument. That's not even an argument. That's not an for argument. Every player. Simon, would and you take Luis Miami? Suarez or Leo Campana if there was a game, must-win game tomorrow and you're the head coach? And they're both on, you know, similar terms in terms of, like, physical standpoint, you know? What for one game? Not. one game? That's not the situation. Really? That's not the situation, Frank. Exactly, Frank. Who would you, would you take, is, Luis? Wait, wait. So, who's the better player right now? Who would you rather have in a must-win game? In a must-win one-off game? Yes. Yeah, tomorrow. you might pick a veteran thirty-six-year-old like that. But are are Inter Miami not building a club here for the future as well? And and exactly. and Messi's going to leave a legacy. What kind of legacy? If Campana is like Julian Carranza and scoring goals for some other team in MLS. While they're left with like a big wage bill from uh, from having Suarez here, who's like thirty seven or thirty eight in the last year of his contract. Don't forget, they're not going to come on six month contracts, right? He'll want a two and a half year deal as well. So you'll have a thirty eight year old Luis Suarez who was over the hill two years ago, right? Come on, Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale went to LAFC. Gareth Bale went to LAFC, stayed six months, and then retired. I mean, it's not like unfathomable that Luis Suarez could sign. Uh, yeah, but LAFC was a, a good team. Inter Miami are last in MLS. For them to the, win MLS... Jose, to Jose, hold on, Andrea. Let's go, let's go to Jose. Here's the, here's the key component to this. If Luis Suarez signs with Inter Miami tomorrow, will they make the playoffs? No. Will they have a, a, a better chance at winning Open Cup? Not really. Still is. What? You're, you know, that's, wild. that's wild. Wild. Yeah. Same so you're opponent. thinking Leagues about Cup, the Luis Suarez in Barcelona? Cup, it's not going yeah, yeah. to change anything for Leagues Cup. Now, 
if you're making the extra effort to bring him right now, then you better make sure you're going to get something out of it. Because obviously it's, it's a much different situation at the end of the year. So why not wait six months, have Messi wait for a little while to bring his friend over and, uh -huh. you know, get a fresh start in 2024. Okay. Better set up for him, gets to do preseason, gets a little extra rest. You know, financially, the team is in a better position. There are so many things that, you know, will be better on and off the field if Suarez waits a little bit than if we just want to do everything in one week, everything, you know, in, in one window. When, exactly. you know, the team has been waiting for this to happen for so long. So why do you have to rush now when you have what you wanted? You know, Messi is 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 all you need. And, you know, the perfect example it's it's this morning, you know, Sergio Busquets and, and, and on Sunday during the presentation, Sergio Busquets, if Messi was not here, Sergio Busquets would be a big signing for Inter Miami. We'll be talking right now about Sergio Busquets in this pod. And yeah. we're not. And we're not. So you have Messi already. Anything that comes after him, it's just an extra. It's just a compliment. All right. Here's, here are Luis Suarez's stats for this season with Gremio. He's played in 24 games across... Different competitions. He has 11 goals in 24 games. All starts. For me, I don't know about you, but for me, the Brazilian league is at a higher level than MLS. If he can do that, if he can give you ese tipo de promedio, that type of uh, goals per game average in a higher, more competitive league, I absolutely would take him right now if he was on a free. And you could bring him over. Over Campana. Over Campana. Absolutely. 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 Inter Miami is not going to win MLS this year. It's nearly impossible. And you're going to lose your own, one of your only young assets. And let, let's talk about also a fact that we haven't discussed here. The locker room. You already got rid of Pizarro, who was very loved in the locker room, and was now he? you're gonna get rid of Campana was he? in the know. locker room. I don't know. I don't know. You can say he was very loved. Like I don't. I don't. I don't know how you can. And say And then that. you're look. Look at his comments. Look at the uh, the players commenting on his on his post. Look at all of them. You can look at. Yeah, you can go and check his Instagram. And then you have Campana, who is also very loved, and that they do the same thing that they did to Rodolfo to Campana. When we know that Campana wants to stay here, he left Europe to come and play here in Miami. If they do that to him, it will add. It will be dumb footballistically, but it will be dumb also for the locker room because then it will be a division between Messi's fans and the rest of the players. I mean, do, do we, we have any doubt? Do we have any doubt that this is Messi's team from this point forward? Is there any doubt about that? Like, there's no doubt about that. And listen, Campana right now, like I, I think he's a better player than Joseph Martinez today. I think he should be starting for Inter Miami, but he's not. He's like, right now, he's surplus to requirements, right now. Because he's not even starting games consistently. He's behind Joseph Martinez in the pecking order. That was but the case with Javi Morales. And that, and bring Luis Suarez. They're trying to sell who? Campana. So, I mean, I don't know if they're trying to sell Campana or not. But, clearly, he's not the preferred option right now. If it was me, I'm taking Luis Suarez today. If it were me. Let's move on. Let's move on. Because we've still got a few more talking points here. There are other players that we'll briefly mention that Jorge Mas touched on today. Uh, he said that Jordi Alba would sign his contract uh, on Tuesday, which is when we're recording. Uh, there was no formal announcement or official announcement, but that's what Jorge Mas said. That Jordi Alba would sign his contract on Tuesday. 
Diego Gomez, Jorge Mas said would arrive also on Tuesday to South Well, not, not also because Jordi Alba's not in town yet. But he said Diego Gomez would arrive in South Florida and also sign his deal. He is a Paraguayan midfielder who plays for Libertad. So he is his signing is just a formality at this point. Uh, Facundo Farias, he has a verbal agreement with Inter Miami. So that's another player that it sounds like it's going to it's going to happen. Uh, a 20-year-old Argentine midfielder from Colón. Then there's two more players that Jorge Mas said Inter Miami is talking with, and that is Brian Aguirre and Thomas Aviles. So this roster is going to change. This team is going to change. It's not going to look the same six months than it does now. It's going to look significantly, significantly different. It's going to be uh, a team that's going to be built much more around Messi. That doesn't mean he just gets his friends here, but it's going to be a team like Simon mentioned earlier with Argentina's national team, Messi juega parado. Messi plays for large parts of the game, just standing there, standing around, walking around. You need dogs. You need runners around him. You're going to bring in some of these younger players from South America who can do the running, do the dirty work, but also bring in some quality. That's, that's I imagine, what the vision is here for Inter Miami. And like we talked about earlier today, uh, the three of us or the four of us, if these players are coming in from South America, I think Jose made the point, if these players are coming over from South America, they're not coming over here to be bench players. They're coming over here to compete for starting roles. And if they're competing for starting roles, that means other players that are in the team now are falling to the bench or becoming substitute options. So um, this team's going to change. This team's going to change. The players that are in starting roles now, their days could be numbered with regards to that. But anyway, moving on. Moving on, uh, let's quickly recap this weekend's game, and we'll wrap up this first segment. Inter Miami played St. Louis City SC, which is like an afterthought. It was even an afterthought on Saturday that Inter Miami had a game because that was the day that Leo Messi was officially announced as an Inter Miami player. Um, but it was Tata Martino's first game in charge of the Herons, or La Rosa Negra. And, well, Inter Miami suffered a 3-0 loss to extend its winless run to 11 games. They lost 3-0 thanks to three set-piece goals. Samuel Edenaren in the 28th minute, Tim Parker in the 40th, and Edward Lowen in the 80th. Very quickly, we don't have to dive too much into this game, but Jose, just your overall thoughts on Inter-Miami failing to win yet again and doing so in a match in which it gave up three set-piece goals. Two off a corner kick, and the third one off of a free kick. Well, that that was a game almost, almost impossible to win. I mean, uh, you know, they, they didn't have uh, a good enough team on the field to compete. And then, you know, as a player, as much as, as you want to stay away from, you know, all the messy talk, you know, last weekend it was it was barely impossible. I mean, it was just impossible. Like, you know, the perfect example to me was this morning, you know, just a few hours after training, Dixon Arroyo was posting in his Instagram, you know, photos with him, you know, training with Messi. So, you know, if, if I'm, I'm guessing, you know, as much as he wanted, th- he, he wanted to think about the game against St. Louis, and I'm sure he's a, a, a good pro, but, you know, it's it was in the air. It was it was hard to concentrate. It was hard to even think about that game. I did a couple live hits, you know, for international TV that day. And I didn't get one 
single question about the game. <laughs> uh, it was all about Messi. So, you know, I think there were so many things going on around and uh, it was just a, a difficult game, a road game, which we all know, you know, historically for Inter-Miami road game means, you know, one point it's it's glory. And um, so, yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. Uh, I think something we have talked about is post game how you know Tata you know gave his analysis of the match. He says, uh, so, "Somos un equipo que debe jugar sin arcos, nuestro y el del rival." Like essentially saying we're a team that should play without goals or without the net, right? Be it ours or and our opponents. Because essentially what he was getting at is that Inter Miami with the ball wasn't bad in that game. They they had their moments with the ball. They actually won the possession battle in this game. However, that didn't mean anything because they didn't turn that into any real clear-cut chances that led to goals. And then they gave up three three uh, set-piece goals and were a little bit weak defensively. So that's what he was alluding to. And Miami did win the possession battle 64-36. to uh, But they gave up 19 shots, 11 on target, and created only 10, putting three of those on frame. So um, some work to do for Tata Martino. This is the final game of... Uh, maybe not the final game. I won't say that because... Uh, the League's Cup games will probably still continue this transition period. It'll probably be the last part of this transition period going from um, this young and injury play team to Leo Messi and co. team. So, uh, you know, that they gave up the goals on three set pieces is something that absolutely needs to be worked on. They talked about, you know, desire and things of that nature, um, which I think is definitely a part of it. But I think also the lack of height that this team has I think that also um, plays a part now Inter Miami came out in this formation which I did not mention uh, could be looked at as a 4-1-4-1 or a back 5 but anyway it was we'll go with the 4-1-4-1 Drake Callender and goal Ian Frey on the right Sergei Kristoff and Kamal Miller as the center backs and Noah Allen as the left back then you had Dixon Arroyo in front of them and then ahead of them, another line of four with Robert Taylor, Benjamin Kremaski, Lawson Sunderland, who I know Simon loves to name drop, and then Robbie Robinson out on the left. Up top, starting by his lonesome, Joseph Martinez. So, Inter Miami still winless. They're 22 games into the season, and they haven't won in 11. So, half of the season has gone by, or half of the season to this point has gone by, and they haven't won since, I think, May 13th, since my birthday. So, um struggle it's a struggle for the team right now they, they they need this transition period to end and i think they're gonna have a hard time on friday because they just don't have the pieces yet the pieces aren't in place to play cruz azul i think the game against cruz azul could be uh it could be a long night it could be a long night because yes cruz azul is in last place um as well in uh in mexico but the difference between last place in mexico and the difference last place in in mls um I think there's a there's a gap there. I think there's a gap there. All right. Anything you guys want to add with regards to that game, Andrea or Simon, before we close up the segment? Yeah, there's a, there's a difference between conceding goals from set pieces like the third one, which was a, a tremendous free kick uh, from. Yeah, was it tremendous? Was it? Drake Callender yeah, gets was. caught cheating. Drake Callender gets caught cheating going to his near post even no, before the shot's taken. No, it was a good goal. For it was really well struck free will... kick. Okay, there's a difference. The point is there's a difference between conceding that goal, which all gets called a set piece. No, they conceded two goals from corners, which were really soft. They were both effectively free headers. 
I mean, there were people around, but neither, no one actually challenging the header. That's really, really soft. Martino has to sort that out, whoever plays the central defender. And I, I don't know. I don't know how much of it is like bitterness, but I, I, I mentioned something about conceding goals from corners on Twitter, and I got a few Mexican responses like, get used to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't. I mean, listen. Inter Miami's not the tallest team. Jose and I made that observation in preseason. They're not the tallest team. They did have some taller players in this lineup than they normally do, like Sergi Kristoff, um, Ian Frey, Kamal Miller. They're all at least you know at, at six feet. Um, you could throw Robbie Robinson in there, um, Robert Taylor as well. But I mean, it's just there's just not a whole lot of. Uh, it's not a team blessed with an abundance of height. We'll say it that way. And and Dixon Arroyo was one of the players that was beaten on one of the corners. And, I mean, he was just outmatched, physically outmatched. Um, maybe maybe instead of signing a 36-year-old uh, center forward, they should be signing a central defender. Well, I mean, it's in the cards there. It's in the cards. You know, one of these young players is is a center back. So No, but, like, yeah, I mean, let's see. Uh, anything you want to add there, Andrea, before we wrap up this segment? No, oh, I think once uh, the team gets to play a little bit more, uh, what we are what we are gonna get for sure is a back four with Kamal Miller and and Sergi Kristov and Yellin and Jordi Alba. So once they start playing together, um, like they did at the beginning when they won a couple of games, uh, that they they were looking good with Franco Negri and 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 the, the other three. I think we're gonna see a difference. A, a different uh, defense and especially if we get just a little bit of talent that is left on Sergio Busquets and we and, and they get that um, in the midfield I think we're gonna see a better a better defense so uh, I, I, I bet Tata is working on that and uh, really knows like like we talked about in the podcast last week and you said that no way Berlin or Kamal Miller are playing of course, he's going to play them. He, he, they are the only quality players that he has on on the defense. So that have experience. So I guess once we see them, those back four play games and get that regularity, we're gonna see a different Inter Miami. I didn't. I said that I didn't think Yedlin would play, and he didn't start. Yedlin did not start. I thought Kamal Miller would start. He was with the team earlier in the week. I said Yedlin would not start, and he didn't start. He came in and played at left back, by the way, and he played in a nice through ball with his right foot from that position. But you can still see that um, from a uh, superfil, no, no superfil preferido, right? It's not like the he's not playing on a stronger foot, and you could see that it it costaba, um, it, it impacted him at times. It it, it was difficult for him. Um, anyway, all right, we'll leave it there for this first segment. We'll come back for a quick Q and A session, and our final thoughts. We'll do that after this. Q&A time. One question for you each. We can't get to them all, of course, because we've got a good few questions. Don't be discouraged if you if we don't get to yours, but um, we'll, you know, we'll, we try to rotate as much as we can. So, all right. First one goes for... I mean, should I let you guys divvy it up amongst yourselves, or should, do you want me to just hand them out to you? Which What do you think? What do you think? Just hand them out. All right. So we're handing them out then. All right. 
Ooh, let's see. All right, then, Jose, since you spoke, <laughs> you're up first. Comes from Tank721. What do you all predict the starting 11 will be this Friday and in what formation? There you go. Simon, you've, um, there you go, Jose. You've got, a, you've got quite the homework or the exercise there. Okay, well, you know, I think not a lot can change from, from you know, previous games. I, I don't think that the Martino, to be fair, I don't think he has had enough time to make, you know, plenty of changes. So I would say, um, obviously, Drake starts, um, Yedlin on, on, on the right, Sergi creeps of creeps of creeps of <laughs> then Kamal Miller and um, I, I think no Allen will get the start as a left back then you know I think he'll probably go back to Arroyo and David Ruiz in the middle mm-hmm. through that, the wings I would say sorry David Ruiz say. was suspended for the last game so why he didn't play he was suspended due to yellow card accumulation but go ahead yeah there, were, there was plenty of concern in Honduras, by the way, about that. They didn't know. Um, I would say Robert Taylor gets the start. Kremashi gets the start. And um, I think we might see Joseph and Campana at the top. So, so that would be... 4-4-2. Yeah, 4-4-2. Yeah, solid 4-4-2. Old-fashioned 4-4-2. Mm. I could see the four two three one. Uh, I could see. I definitely see Yedlin starting. I don't know about Allen, man. The fact that he pulled him at halftime, to me, says that maybe he was really unhappy with with the performance. So maybe we see something, somebody else, um, at left back. Although, I mean, there's not there are not a whole lot of options. Not a whole lot of options right now. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I I would say four two three one. I think you you probably got most of it right, but. Um, I think there's like a there's a tweak or two to be made there. Uh, all right, uh, <laughs> Andrea, this is a good one for you. Comes from Ale Goncalve, who is a first time asker, and he says, "This is in español." Suarez ahora o en diciembre? So the question to translate is Suarez now or in December? Andrea, I'm looking forward to your response. Well, um, in my opinion, they should wait until December. But if if there exists a possibility of Luis Suarez getting out of his contract, I guess, uh, and they get him for on a free transfer, he could come right now. Uh, but in my opinion, they should wait until uh, December and uh, start anew with uh, Messi's friends next year. But it's there is a possibility that he can come right now if he gets free of his contract. And um, also, I uh, just wanted to add and reiterate again what we have all been talking about here, that even though if he comes, Inter Miami is going to be under more of a spotlight because this could be a problem for them legally if they started negotiating with a player that had a contract before the time was uh, that before in the time frame that that it is permitted so it's something to watch so if you ask me for my opinion i think they will wait for until december for to bring him in january so that all can be calm and 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 they can start next year with all the money that they will have available and build the team that they want all right uh i mean if i had to put odds on it i would say 
thirty percent chance he comes now. I think just the the Gremio contract's the only thing that's in the way, and him getting out of that seems like it'll be a tough challenge. But I don't think it's impossible. I think it's there's a there's a slight chance that we could see Suarez join Inter Miami this summer. But I think it's going to happen at some point. No ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, all right, last one comes from Phil, and this one's for you, Simon. Something you, I think you mentioned earlier, so looking forward to hearing you dive into it a little bit more. Phil asks, how do you think the young signings will fit in with the academy prospects that have broken into the first team like Kremaski and Frey? Yeah, um, this is the best news of the day for me, actually. Um, going through and doing a little bit of research on these new signings, uh, the young players all, all seem to be 20 years of age. Um, look, they're all playing uh, with with top teams in, in, in national leagues, in good leagues, and they're 20 years old. So I'm not going to pretend I've seen these guys and scouted them or anything, but <laughs> you presume that people have and that there's talent there. Um, I really like this because they could have gone out and signed, um, you know, some MLS veteran type players to come in and sort of help things get over the line sort of thing this season. Instead, instead they're building something for the future. For me, the most exciting thing actually beyond the, the the immediate impact of Messi is if this if this club can can when Messi goes in two and a half years um that something's left behind with players who've had that experience of playing with uh you know in some ways maybe I would suspect even more so Busquets with his experience and knowledge of the game and everything that these players pick up and learn a lot from that experience and that you then have a core of academy players and the players brought in from South America who are all in their, that age, that nice age of around 23 by then, 24, who are really starting to come into their prime, having grown up around these Barcelona players. That could be the core of an Inter-Miami team for many years to come. So I think that's, for me, that's the best news of these last few days is hearing uh, Jorge Mas talk about those deals being on 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 the cards with those young players. So I think I think it's great for the academy kids because they're getting um, some some support, some other buddies in the locker room, and also some players who've had experience of a different kind of football. Because let's be honest, it's not the roughest and toughest world in in MLS academies. But these guys, if you're playing in the Paraguayan league in the first division at 20 years old, you've got to be able to handle yourself. So, you know, I, I think it's tremendous. I think that's the best, most positive things that's come out of today for sure so i want to quickly touch on that last part of what you just said because earlier you were saying like oh you know when we're talking about suarez or campana you were saying you know like what this team's just going to be a bunch of veterans and then what happens to the younger players what you're just going to leave like no one in the pipeline i think what's going to happen with this team and we're talking longer term here is that these young guys that are being brought in from south america if they pan out, if they play well, they can be seen as a crucial part of the midterm project of Inter Miami. Players that'll be here maybe after Leo Messi and Co. Yeah. leave, right? Right. But what does that mean for the local homegrown products? I think, like you just mentioned, they're going to have a lot more competition for minutes. And sure. only only the cream of the crop out of the bunch that's playing now will make it, right? Like, the only the ones that are playing at the best that will, you know, take on the competition and uh, improve and make the best of it, that they'll be around for the longer term. And the ones that don't, that just don't make the cut, 
then they won't have necessarily a long term with Inter Miami. And you know, I'm talking overall. You're, you're talking Ian Frey, Benjamin Kremaski. You're talking uh, David Ruiz. Ascona. Edison Ascona. I don't think he's going to be with Inter Miami much longer. Like he he doesn't get talked about with like this young crop enough. So I don't think he'll he'll be around to to you know fight for a starting spot from 2024 and beyond. That's just my opinion. Not not inside information, but. Um, you know, the, the players that I just mentioned, I think they're all players that are going to have to really compete to stay in the mix for minutes. And if they improve enough and they make the case, then they'll stay in the mix. And if they don't, then they'll fall by the wayside and they'll have to find their career somewhere else. I think Which it, is good. Yeah, That's absolutely. Absolutely. You yeah, need competition. You need that competition. That's It's healthy. Um, it's going to be a much more competitive uh, environment. Well, they've played way much more than, than would have been planned for them this year, Absolutely. right? There's no way Absolutely. at the start of the season they expected uh, Ruiz and Kramaski to be to be playing like 80% of the games or whatever it's been. So, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a reality check for them. You know, you're not a guaranteed starter. You're a young kid and you're learning your game and, you you know, now fight for your place. Now push yourself into contention. And right. I think, you know, the good ones... The good ones will thrive from that, I hope. So I think I think it's great. I think it's really, really positive. Absolutely. And Brian Aguirre, by the way, who I mentioned, I didn't say his position is a forward who has under 20 Argentine national team experience. And Thomas Aviles is a player for Racing Club who's also played for Argentina's under 20 national team. And he is a center back, by the way. Uh, Aguirre is Argentine. Kramaski was called up to that team, wasn't he? I don't know. Did he, did he go to a camp? He got called up to a camp, um, but it was just a camp. Uh, Andrea's right. very adamant and a stickler for saying that, that that's all it was. So um, careful, right. careful there, Simon, careful. Um, right. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll leave it there for the Q&A session. Anyone have any final thoughts that they want to share? You don't have to share if you don't have anything to say. Uh, Andrea, I imagine you might say something about the fact that Pizarro uh, has officially parted ways. His, his uh, Yes. He was not of bought course, out. You know it. <laughs> I was... cannot. I cannot end this podcast without talking about Pizarro. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was. He was. So let's just be clear. He was not bought out. So Inter Miami didn't use that uh, option to free him of his contract. They mutually agreed to part ways. That announcement was made. Uh, I don't remember if it was Friday or Saturday, but that announcement was made, and he assigned with A E K. Athens. So, Andrea, what you said a few podcasts ago, and I know you're going to come at me for this, but uh, what you said a few podcasts ago about, oh, Inter Miami gave false promises and they, they didn't get Pisaro to Europe like they said. Well, technically, Please, Franco, technically they did. Technically they did. Don't try that, Franco. Pizarro left to Europe on his own account, and I'm really happy for him because uh, Inter Miami never went good at that promise. Listen, it was a bad deal for both sides, uh, as we have discussed in this podcast uh, at nauseum already. Everyone is tired of me talking about Pizarro. Yes. But <laughs> uh, I'm really glad for him. He he signed with They Are the Champions. They are. He's going to, to play in Europe. He's going to play with a coach that uh, gave him the best moment in his career or, uh, or, or that made him famous, that made him good, and that made him a prospect of being in the national team. And now he's already in Europe. And, and already Mexican media is calling about calling him out when he gets minutes that he's going to get playing in there. So I guess it, it's a it's a glow up for him. It's better to be playing in Europe than to be playing in MLS. So um, it'll work, up, work out for him. And he got uh, the better part of that deal and, and, and left for Europe. 
All right. Anybody else? Simon, anything else you want to add about Messi? Just the, the mic is yours. You don't even have to talk about Messi. You can talk about anything. You want. No, there was just one point about the presentation that I just I just found it amusing that like the club has obviously you know with with all its communications and everything else. I mean like the social media and everything has moved, hasn't it, towards Spanish language first, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think makes I think makes complete sense. And I always thought right from the days when I was reporting on what kind of franchise it would be, even before there was a name, I always thought that should be the approach in Miami, right? So I'm not I'm not being like a offended <laughs> gringo about this or anything. Like, I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no. I, I, it totally makes sense. And it's in, in Miami that makes complete sense for a football club to be to be to but be that I, way. But, but I get but, I get the right. But you get the the other side of it, right? You know, you just made a, a joke about the, the the gringo thing. But like, you, I mean, I understand people that don't understand the language having, you know, a tough time with that. I, I get that. But, I mean, it's the reality of the, it's the, reality, the city and, and the market. Spanish. Right. I've, it, got to, I've got to get on with my Spanish lessons. Right? It's no problem. <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's uh, no, I have no problem with that. But even so, I still did find it quite funny that they do all that. The presentation started off in Spanish language. Everything around it was in Spanish language. Oh, here we go. I know what you're saying. And then a guy who's played his entire career <laughs> in Spain <laughs> comes on the field and makes a speech in English. Like, I just thought that was really funny. Oh, so, oh you, so you went with Sergio Busquets' comments. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought you were going to... That gonna, was like, funny. He, he didn't get oh. the memo, did he? I thought... <laughs> oh, that was funny. I was like, man, no one understands you here talking Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I thought you were going to go with Messi coming out to I think it was a song from the Baby, which I was like, interesting song choice for him to walk out on. I thought you know he would have had a completely different song or a different artist there, but um, yeah, that, that I thought that's where you were going with that. Um, by the way, and on this Jose, I'm going to make this your final thought if you don't have one. So uh, we've talked a lot about Messi and Friday. What about Busquets? Any chance he plays on Friday, Jose? No chance. No chance he plays. Let me get my final thought. <laughs> okay. I, I want, um, um, you know, I want to commend the team for the upgrades at the press box. I think that was awesome. You know, we struggled with so much stuff, you know, before the messy arrival. So, um, you know, the, the press box is, is looking completely different. We've ha- we have power outlets. We have um, Ethernet cables or ports at least. So that was awesome. That was awesome. That really helped me out. I couldn't imagine working from the stadium on Sunday with, you know, the troubles that we went through before. And one more thing. We saw El Primo. El Primo yeah, was back. El Primo, yeah. Yeah, so that was good. That was good. So we saw Brenner and, uh, yeah, I, th- I think we saw a lot of familiar faces. And um, I don't know if they'll be back, you know, after friday or tuesday next week but regardless i think there were some positive things over there on sunday uh so my final thought would be on the jersey well actually i'll have two final thoughts really quickly on the jersey uh, because they've hit uh the world wide web they're on sale online but inner miami said or at least fanatics and uh the website that distributes the the jerseys um they said that they will be delivered no later than november of 2023 which is mind-boggling but that's just you know the there's a shortage uh, and obviously a very high demand so you might see a whole lot of bootleg messy jerseys out there um, oh, yeah. or you might see getting the latin experience that is part <laughs> hey, of the latin hey, absolutely experience, absolutely <laughs> i mean in, in, in peru dicen bamba 
camiseta bamba. I don't know what they say in Honduras. I don't know what they say in, in England. But in Peru, it's camiseta bamba, uh, which means bootleg. What do they say in Honduras? Oh, I cannot say that word. <laughs> Is it a bad word? It's a bad word? No, uh, uh, let's go with imitación. La churra. <laughs> it's called la churra. What? Why can't you say that? Uh, what's wrong la with churra. that? La churra. <laughs> uh, uh, Simon, what do they call it in England? Just bootleg? Rip off. Rip off? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so might expect to see a few more bootleg jerseys and you might see them, you know, on top of... Uh, those white bands, those mysterious white bands with the two whores in the back, you might see them, you know, posted up against those things. Um, because, yeah, I mean, $200 for the jersey plus the fact that you don't get it until the fall, potentially. I mean, that's... Time for the playoffs. Just in time for the playoffs. If they make it. They might not even be, they might not be, in, they might not even be in season. Positive, well, we ended on the positive note, though. <laughs> I, I've, but I've, seen, I've seen kids in my neighborhood here in Hallandale. I've seen, like, three or four kids in pink messy shirts already. Well, so I was going to say, so either it's going to be bootleg or you can try to get uh, an authentic version of the jersey with no name and then try to go to somewhere that can do the, you know, the personalizing, they, the, personalizing the customization. You can't do that at the club shop. You, uh, you can, but I don't know how it works with Messi, right? Like, I don't know, like, what rules they have to follow or what they don't have to follow with regards to that because, obviously, you know, Messi's going to get a cut of each of the jerseys right. that he sells. Yeah. So I, think, I think that that's a tricky dance there. Um so we'll see. We'll see. My, my other final thought, something we didn't talk, talk about, uh, is the stands. The new stands that have been erected there on the northeast and southeast corners. They were there present and filled on or at the presentation or la presentación, the unveil. I actually walked up the stairs and teach one of them and uh, put on YouTube or I'm putting on YouTube videos of what the view from there looks like. It's not that bad. I, I, I was surprised by how it looks. It looks good. Um so I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, but I just wanted to share that those stands are now up and fans are able to sit on them. They will be able to sit on them again on Friday against Cruz Azul and what is expected to be Leo Messi's debut. So unless you guys have anything to add to that or those stands or what you saw, I mean, maybe they need some paint because the, the gray seats, uh, I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me. They need to add some pink in there. or, or They got to get the, the color scheme from the rest of the seats going, but um, maybe in due time. But if you guys have nothing to add there, then that does it for this week's show. We'll be back again next week, hopefully, hopefully in video version or at least with a video element incorporated. But we'll see how that goes. I'm going to be working on that this weekend. So for Jose Armando, for Andrea Yanes, and for Simon Evans, I'm Frank Pinizo. You have been listening to Miami Total Football Radio. And we'll talk to you guys again soon.